Hi, this is Jeff Kober, and we welcome you to this Disney Insights Podcast. Well, previews are underway for Journey of Water inspired by Moana, but it's also inspired by Epcot. This is really what this park is all about, learning and interacting and inspiring and entertaining all at one time. In a simple but not simplistic manner, this walkthrough experience does all this and more. We'll look at the various elements of this new attraction and how it truly complements this new section now called World Nature. Is it a sign of good things to come? Well, we'll see as we look at not only this attraction, but many of the new developments that are now becoming part of Epcot, like crowds and parking and parking lot trams and always about new stuff to try at the International Food and Wine Festival. There is a lot to talk about. And at the end, we'll discuss how you can get a copy of my new book, A Century of Powerful Disney Insights. Join us for this Disney Insights podcast. Make sure you also check out uh, DisneyInsights.com. Make sure you subscribe to that as well as this podcast so you are notified of upcoming podcasts uh, that come along. If you get a chance, give us a rating, review, a referral to others. That's so helpful to us. And also check out our Facebook page, Disney Insights, and our YouTube page of the same name. We got some videos here that uh, we want to show and um, lots, to, lots to talk about and see as we go through. In fact, we're going to start right uh, today in the parking lot. Um, and my experience with the parking lot really began last Friday when something happened that hasn't happened in a long time. The Epcot lot filled up. I mean, filled up for the first time prior to COVID and cast members were telling me this. They were filling the outermost sections of the parking lot, which is what I lovingly referred to as Lost in Gomorrah. Um, because, well, you have to take a look at this map that I have on DisneyInsights.com. It shows you the old parking lot names, but on it, we also add the new names. And if you're not familiar, this is really helpful, whether you come every once in a while or whether you're an annual pass holder, you kind of want to know how, to, how this all works because you might get into a little bit of trouble. First off, there are two sections, two major sections. There are really eight lots, kind of, but, and I'll get into the kind of part, but there are eight, there are two major sections. One is called Earth Lots, and the other is called Space Lots. Earth Lots are the ones that are dead set in front of Spaceship Earth. What was Journey Amaze is now Hey Hey and Moana. What was Discovering Crate is now Crush and Dory. Um, these two lots are, again, center, and the parking lot tram goes right down a road right in front of Spaceship Earth and then parks right at the end of that lot, dropping people off and picking them up to take them back to their parking space. Um, I'm going to just tell you, there's a couple of things you ought to know about Earth Lots. First of all, Journey is usually the one 
that, uh, well, Journey was, but it's now Hey Hey, is one where if you pay a premium amount to park there, that's where they're going to park you. One of the, the I don't want to say dirty little secrets, but one of the realities of how they park at Epcot is because so many people pay a premium to pay that premium in the first hours of the day thinking they're going to get um, a better deal, I guess, by by doing it at the beginning of that. I don't know. But they often take those who don't pay and put them over into the space lots, which are further away and further over and which is not a, a fair and good thing to do. But it creates this visible, if they had parked you, if they had parked those who didn't pay a premium in, in the in the Moana section across from Hey Hey, um, you probably would have been left thinking, um, well, I'm not getting any value paying a premium here. So, so they park you over in the space lots. All of this is really important because you should know that unlike, unlike the well, a little bit like Magic Kingdom, you know, remember at Magic Kingdom you have two. It's the same place at the TTC, but there are two places to catch a tram, whether you are in going to the heroes section or the villains section. Well, here's the same thing, except they're not side by side. And if you don't know what you're looking for, you might miss the Space Lots tram, which is really the one you want. The Earth Lots tram for Hey Hey Moana, Crush and Dory, I got to tell you, it's, it's, it was... Well, let me give you an example of what happened on Monday. We got parked way in the back of Create in the Earth lots, straight ahead. And there happened to be a parking lot tram. We grabbed it and boy, we were at the front of the park in no time. That was very cool and worked really well. We reversed that in the evening by jumping on a parking lot tram to take it out to Create. And what they did is they get the tram went all the way to the back of Create. Then it did a U-turn and came back nearly to the front section of Discovering Crate, which just about drove us crazy because we still now had half a parking lot to go, even though our car was really close to um, the tram road. So again, you have to kind of play that. Earth lots maybe aren't as necessary for where your car is parked. Space lots, that's a whole nother story, especially if you are in the rocket or gamora section now space lots is divided what was imagine is now wally and the space adjacent to it is now called eve this was just this was just a green area that was then used to build out the um the coaster portion of the attraction for guardians of the galaxy but there is some portion of that that has um parking lot space there's also um buildings in there for Imaginary or construction crews, but there is some portion that is actually Eve. It's the lesser of all parking lots, but there is toward the front. But if I'm looking out from Spaceship Earth to the far right, Wally and Eve are in the front. In the back half is Explore and Wonder. Wonder, which are now Rocket and Gamora. I know this is all confusing, but you you really need to look at the parking lot map on DisneyInsights.com because what, what we're trying to say here is that when you start parking in Gamora, you're in a whole new world. Um, you 
it, it, they called it the Wonder parking lot because honestly, if you went the back way, you'd get to Wonders of Life faster than if you walked toward uh, Spaceship Earth. I put a star on the map to show where we were parked on that particular day, which was the very end of the Gomorrah um, line. And let me tell you, trams really are helpful in these back portion of the space lots for Rocket and Gomorrah. Know that there's a different tram and tra uh, tram and uh, drop off and departure point for those areas. And that's to the immediate right as you exit. So note, remember, there are two different places where trams exist now. There are also, you'll see on the map, a new drop-off place for guests being dropped off by cars or by Uber or um, by taxi. They have created a new space, which is not as convenient as the old space. It took up, but the old space took up the front portion of what was Journey, which is now Hey Hey. Anyway, you want to check out this and just know that a tram is not always your best friend particularly if you're in the earth lots, but it may be a very needed friend if you're in the back of the space lots. Lot, what, what is also encompassing all this is the fact that crowds are up. Crowds are up in a big way. I would say they were annual pass holders, except that Friday we hadn't even started the journey of water um, experience, but they had added new attractions or new um, food booths at Food and Wine and they have now started um, what we'll talk about a little later, the new Soren over California section. At any rate, all of that is the craziness of the parking lot and the craziness of the crowds. Lots of big crowds this last week. And in fact, for annual pass holders, there have been a couple of days. Uh, Sunday was one of those days and Friday, I think Saturday of this week as well. Both of those days have been blocked out for annual pass holders because it was just completely booked. Uh, I think Monday actually was booked as well. When you got to Moana, the crowds were so bad on Sunday that they actually created a virtual queue um, there. But as of Monday, they didn't. And the rest of the week, they didn't. And I would say, while when they go into final opening on October 16th, that week will probably have some use of a virtual queue, maybe over the holidays as well. But I think once things get going, you're not going to see a big line of people um, lining up uh, for a journey of water. What you will see is a really beautiful experience. It is just a very lovely experience that they have created. Now, on, in Disney Insights, I give a map that shows the different sections you go through, and every one of them has a different look and feel. Um, they have different uh, experiences, by the way, on our YouTube channel, but you can also see these same videos on DisneyInsights.com. I show a, a complete video of the entire experience, section by section by section, and then also I have a little short called Don't Take Moana for Granite, uh, kind of like the Jungle Cruise kind of thing. There are lots of hidden um, characters from the film Moana that are embedded in the rock. And uh, we showcase 10 of those and give you a chance to kind of guess 
Do you know who, which ones those are? It's kind of fun. So check out that short as well as the larger video uh, of what's going on there. Let me walk through um, the Moanic type ex experience that you're going to have. You're introduced to the idea that water connects us and that there is a water cycle. And, and that this is the only water we're going to have. There's, there's signage throughout this thing that kind of gives you some educational aspects. And by the way, the interactive water feature signage um, does say that there is a bathing load of 151 persons. Um, that's kind of humorous, but, but it does introduce the fact that you could get wet if you wanted to, or you could go through the sections that are dry. I, I made no effort to stay dry, and yet the amount that I got wet, well, I could tell you the minute we arrived, it was 4.35 in the afternoon, and it was pretty warm day outside, and the temperatures just lowered the minute you walked into this experience. Uh, there was mist covering the mountain, which has, has the Tefiti symbol, and uh, you were introduced to this attraction, and then you go through the first section, which is, the, uh, which is rain, and it's where the cycle begins, and the idea is, is that you get to explore what rain looks like, and as you go through this little cavern area, there are drops, single drops of water, and you are able to run your hand through them. And as you run your hand through each set of drops, you get a different uh, musical sound, musical note. And it's really beautiful and so much fun. So cleverly done. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, somehow use of infrared or whatever, but it works. And it's, it's a lot of fun in this experience as you kind of play. It's very playful, very interactive with the water and... Um, and so coming off the mountain, we have um, uh, the rain falling into the valley, so to speak, and you get a chance to play with that. And then you go into the next section, which is about stream. And each of these have a theme. Stream is about traveling together. And you see these little fountains of water that kind of jump and leap and, 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 uh, as you go through and what you can do in this particular thing is is you can um, you can um, kind of help move the water in terms of its height by waving your hands and kind of gravity it's it's about gravity and how how the stream how gravity pulls the stream of water and and all of it begins to travel together as you uh, go through. So um, that is the next interactive feature is with the stream. And then, so you, what you can do is you actually stand on a little symbol that's on the floor and then you wave to the stream in front of you and it, and, um, and the water comes back up to you as you go through. From there, we go into a section called wetland, which is about building community. And here, um, the water kind of slows down as it leaves the hills. You, the wet ground grows special plants, offers food and home to water-loving animals. And um, some of this water stays at the surface. Some continues downward. You actually have, this is the first dry path and water path. The water path is just water that is just coming over the pathway. And you can kind of step through it.
as as you go through and then you proceed to the spring and in the spring the idea is that moving underground water filters sand gravel uh, through the sand gravel and cracks in the stone it becomes cleaner um, eventually gets pushed back to the surface kind of bubbles up to the light in a natural spring and here you have another section where you can put your hands over it and kind of capture the water as it kind of comes up in fountains um, in front of you again very playful very handful we kind of splashed each other as we kind of went through this um, this section of spring and then we move to um, a really fun one called land um, which is is really pretty much telling you that water shapes the land it is shaped by water that not all parts of the water cycle are wet the land itself because of its contour, because of its shape, kind of directs and moves the water through. But what we have here in this area is so cool. There is, again, a dry way to go around, but there are also two little caverns you walk through and you see this steady flow of rain. And, and if you are courageous and brave and you walk through it, the whole thing parts and, it, and you walk through it dry. Um, I kind of wanted to go back through it and see if I could run through it quick enough before it it stopped. It's just it's just so clever how the whole thing just just stops as you go through. From there, we move to the lake and to the theme that water is connected. And here we see Tefiti in this beautiful topiary style um, statue of her. Fountains are emerging out of her, and the idea is that is that we are all connected through the movement of the water cycle and that all of it is brought together um, by the lake and and passes through um, these lakes and this is probably one of the loveliest places to get a photo you could by the way in many of these places see spaceship earth in the background and uh, i haven't even begun to talk about well i haven't begun to experience we were only able to go through once a day and it was daytime still and then rain and then a storm came through afterwards so we really did need to move on i can't wait to go back at night because this thing looks beautiful from photos i've seen video it just looks gorgeous how they've engineered the nighttime experience then we move on to river um, where the widening river uses its energy to deliver um, water to people and plants and animals to grow food to make clothes, to create many of the objects that we use. And you see this kind of, um, again, the river kind of moves in this, this uh, pattern of, um, of water that kind of, that kind of, it's a little similar to what you see in the figment experience with water kind of making its leaps and jumps as it moves through. And then we come to second to the last section but but essentially the finale of it which is the ocean this is where we arrive at a tide pool and and all the water comes together all the water um through different currents and so forth and there are all these wonderful activities including this one wall where if you get everybody together and you start moving this water just comes crashing over the wall and um, and and you feel a little bit of the spray there um, but there are smaller tidal pools that little children can play in there's another place 
where if you bounce up and down on these little circles that they show you, the water bounces up and down with you. If you haven't gotten wet, this is the place to finally do it. And, um, and it's just, it's a big common area and a lot of folks are just gathered checking it out. All along, there are all these wonderful little sculptures. Here is where um, you have a chance to meet the, uh, the crab which is, what is his name, Tamatoa? Tamatoa. Um, and you also see a little sculpture of Moana as a child, um, kind of commanding the little wave in front of her. There's just so many, um, and uh, what in, what's the name of the coconut characters? They're spraying little spouts of water in this area and so forth. And then we kind of come to the final portion, which is Sky and how the water eventually returns up into the air and so forth. Again, with each of these little different sections are suggestions of how to respect and honor and appreciate and, and conserve and utilize water in different ways. It's just, I spent the better part of 45 minutes going through this. Yeah, I took a lot of video for use, but I spent a lot of time trying to find all these different characters. You have to find Hey, The best way to find Hey is look for Hey Hey's tracks, and Hey Hey's tracks will lead you to Hey Hey. But you see um, uh, Grandma in, in the form of the Manta Ray. You see um, Maui in there. Uh, you see um, Pua in there. Every, every, just about everybody is represented in there. It's not overly in your face as an IP, but, um, and the music plays instrumentally over the background. They don't play the, the songs per se. They play the, the, the musical tracks in the background. It's just a very, very subtle use. It is, it brings the themes of Moana in there and the, but to, but to help support and add interest to the messages that are shared there. And again, you could walk through it in about seven, eight, 10 minutes, but to really enjoy it, you really need 30, 40 minutes to really take it all in and have fun with it. And on a hot day, it's a good time to have fun. In, in the evening, in the coolness, to check it out there, that's a great time to have fun. I have several insights from the experience let me just kind of emphasize them. By the way, I, I just say this, this impressed me more than I thought it would impress me. That said, in, in the old language of A, B, C, D, and E tickets, where Guardians of the Galaxy would be an E ticket, Soren would be an E ticket, this is clearly on the other end. This is a B ticket style experience, and I'm glad for that. You need a range of experiences. Epcot delivers to that. It's higher than an A ticket, say, if you had an A ticket and it allowed you into one of the museum style experiences around Epcot, but it's lower than a C ticket attraction like Journey into Imagination or Figment with Seas. It's not a ride. Um, it's more akin to other really good films. I say good films like Wondrous Planet or Impression de France or one of the 360 films in Canada and China. I would say it's in that category. The attraction, yeah, it's water, rocks, rocks, water, plants, water, rocks. It seems simple, but it is not simplistic. It has many layers to explore from a conservation point of view, 
from just a thematic point of view, from just an appreciation of the landscape. And I mind you, it is a constructed and engineered landscape. This, but it is nevertheless an outdoor experience. And having an outdoor experience, I think, makes this a perfect, perfect complement to the world uh, nature section of the park. World nature has been up to this point since it was divided from future world. It has been about the land and it's about the seas. Those two attractions are major, very well done attractions. It is one of the biggest aquariums on the earth. A chance to see uh, the whole living with the land is so well laid out on so many levels. And then you have Soren and you have the other attractions, the, the turtle talk with crush, so many things that make this so good. Probably this attraction is on that same level as turtle talk. But here's, hear me out here. The problem with those two attractions, as mammoth and big and consuming as they are, the dining at Coral Reef and, and the individual, so many things to see there. But all that said and done, it's all indoors. It's all contained under a roof. And if you're going to talk about nature, at some point, you kind of need to be outside. And this kind of provides that setup um, to kind of uh, appreciate nature from being out and about. And I think that's what makes us a perfect complement to the world nature section of the park. There is a water and dry element, as I said, paths that allow each, but honestly, you can enjoy the splash without feeling like you are taking a risk going down Splash Mountain. It is not that kind of experience. It is light and, and, um, and squirtable, but it is not drenching by any means. The attraction complements the um, well, let me just say, first of all, could this have been part of something greater at Disney's Animal Kingdom? Absolutely, because Animal Kingdom is about conservation, no question. But Living Seas and Land came a long time before Animal Kingdom came around. And they, too, have always been about issues around conservation and so forth. So it could have been part of Animal Kingdom. But I think it's a great compliment here as well in this park. And could another Moana experience in Disney's Animal Kingdom come there sometime in the future as well? Sure. I think that would be great to have a Pacific Sea section or um, Oceana section to Disney's Animal Kingdom and Moana would be a great part of that. Just like you have Beauty and the Beast in different parks or Lion King um, well, Little Mermaid was represented, or Frozen is represented in more than one park. You could do the same thing with Moana. This is, this is a really nice uh, approach to that. But let me just say what really stands out about this attraction. This attraction complements the edutainment aspect of, of Epcot, which was there from the beginning. It's really what Epcot was always about. It was about learning and interacting and inspiring and entertaining all at the same time. In many ways, though some attractions like Frozen Ever After and Ratatouille, I love them, they're enjoyable, they're e-ticket rides, but they don't educate you a whole lot other than say, oh, I didn't know that the trolls are a myth of Frozen or that they like grapes in France. 
they don't really serve to educate a little bit of enlightenment, but but really Epcot is much more. And this attraction hits those bases. Is it a ride? No. Is it an e-ticket? No. But it does do what Epcot was designed to do. And it gives me hope for the future of Epcot and standing apart from the other um, parts of the there's a lot to, and, and this is probably a podcast in and of itself that I'll do at some other point, but just know that um, what what works and what doesn't work from an edutainment point of view, but I just think this really hits a home run and so much better than other efforts like Sing Along Beauty and the Beast over in France, which is an abomination to me. It doesn't serve to do anything compared to an Impression de France. I don't want to bore people, but you ha- you can entertain and educate at the same time. And this attraction does just that. Moana is truly going to help support some of these big crowds coming into Epcot. And, and, uh, but there's other things happening also around the park. Let's talk about a big change that happened just in the last couple of days. Soren has been changed back to the original Soren over California, and I couldn't be happier. I uh, I think Soren over California, for some of you, you probably have never seen Soren over California, and, and you probably are going to be a little confused because the thing that makes Soren uh, over the world interesting is the fact that you see all these different places. You see the Taj Mahal, you go to Brazil, you go to Fiji, you see the Eiffel Tower in Paris, you you get up into the glaciers with the whales and everything, and it really is a great variety of global locations. The problem with Soren over the world is that you really can't tell what's real and what's frankly fake. And that's the difference between that show and Soarin' Over California. Other than the, um, I mean, there are a couple of little moments like the uh, glider that is over Yosemite. But beyond that, by and large, this is authentically California. And boy, you get some really great uh, views. The the kind of planning and thinking that went into uh, really making this film is just astonishing. From the first moment when you when the clouds part and there you are at the Golden Gate Bridge, all the way till the very end when you are at Disneyland Park. This is a terrific film. And, and it really is, uh, you smell the orange groves. I, I love that one of the scenes that um, you really don't think a whole lot about is a scene where you are going over uh, the Mojave Desert and you see some hikers, you see some individuals on horses, and then the camera goes all the way to a particular precipice in that mountain range, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you see these uh, military jets flying past. Those military jets—it took 
it took what I recall to be the better part of a year to actually plan that out so that they would have that helicopter. So everything, by the way, they also, I, I'm jumping all over the place, but they had to do, um, and they had to have an archeology span crew to go through that area before they had hikers and horses and everything canvas it. But then they had to plan it. So all of those elements, which are at totally different speeds and variables, all met at the same precise time as um, as it was being filmed. And it really is spectacular. Another scene that is just terrific in Soarin' Over California is when you get to the aircraft carrier in San Diego um, off of um, Coronado Island. And it um, you have all these jets on the... Um, tar on the top of this aircraft carrier and then you see this helicopter taking off. It really is a pretty impressive sight and that they kind of lucked into that they had all the all the planes up on deck at the time they took it. Just moment after moment, I, my favorite of all the moments is just the serenity when they're at, um, uh, the ocean and the surfers are all just sitting there waiting for the next wave and it's sunset just before they go into Los Angeles at night. It, I just love that serene moment of sitting there in the surf. Soaring over California is just a terrific attraction and I'm so excited that it's returned to Epcot. The crowds definitely have supported it. There have been very long queues over the last several days. And I would highly encourage you, if you've not seen it, to give it a try. Give it a few tries. And I'll tell you, it will grow on you in a way that you'll never, you'll never want to go back to the other Soren. The other thing we want to talk about happening over at Epcot is uh, some new food and beverage uh, kiosks that have um, been added to the annual uh, Epcot International Food and Wine Festival. We had a chance to check out a few of those. And let me tell you, the Wine and Wedge, I didn't try any wine, but they had three things that we, um, we, we taste tested. The first was an assorted artis artisanal cheeses and accompaniments. The accompaniments included some interesting things, um, some, um, some toast pieces, but there was a, a little bit of fig, which is used in the other dish I'm gonna talk about in a second. Uh, a little bit of honey. In fact, it seemed like there was a little bit of honeycomb with it. That was very cool. A piece of peanut brittle that um, made for a tasty little dessert at the end of it. Love that piece. There was another one, uh, Southern Pimento Cheese with bread and butter, pickled vegetables, and grilled bread. Now, our bread wasn't grilled, so I, I thought that was a little bit of a miss. The pimento cheese was a nice little dip, but what really stood out for me were the bread and buttered pickled vegetables. They were so tasty and and really filled the spot. But nothing, nothing compared to this, and you have to see the image of this thing, the Borson fig and balsamic souffle with fig tapenade. Uh, let me tell you, that may have, and I want to try another one or two times on this, that may be the best thing I have ever eaten, especially on the savory side of the International Food and Wine Festival in all of the years that festival has played out. That dish was totally amazing. 
and the taste sensation it was so unique the texture was so um so varied and it was just a wonderful uh piece to enjoy and filling I we now I shared all three with my wife and um and we really were pretty filled after that. I ended up getting another thing later on that evening as a dessert, but that pretty well took care of our meal, just having those three things. And those three things, by the way, those three dishes satisfy the, what's, uh, what is Emile's fromage montage. If you go to the back of your Epcot food and wine passport, there is a space, um, where there are five empty circles on the very second to the last or the insert page of very at the very end there are a whole bunch of places you can go to sample cheeses but if you order all three of these you get three um stamps from um that one booth alone and then you add two more i probably will come back to just have it restamped there when you complete the whole thing then you get a uh what is a um, uh, complimentary mini strawberry cheesecake with graham cracker crumbs. And it comes in a, a nice little um, souvenir collector's cup. It's free when you do the five uh, cheese dishes of your choosing. Definitely worth checking out. Do not miss those those uh, dishes at Wine and Wedge. There's some other wines and a larger uh, wine and cheese combination. Um, definitely check it out. What I missed the second night was testing out the Mickey-shaped liquid nitro cake. I got to come back to this. My daughter did try it out and she loved it. I've done kind of liquid nitro ice cream. This was a cake and it was kind of in that frozen liquid nitro form she said it was delicious and well worth it so i've got to go back that's part of the swirled showcase which if i'm correct this has taken over that former temporary starbucks location right at the edge before you step into world showcase and there are a number of dishes that have opened up um with that um with that uh, um, kiosk, and I'll just name um, a few. There's also a few other kiosks. Uh, Hawaii opened up on August 15th. The Noodle Exchange opened up on August 15th. I want to try um, some things there. Char and Chop opened up with a roasted porchetta, um, a grilled impossible spicy sausage, um, and kind of this a meat assorted trio of shaved meats. Um, and a bubbles and brine with a shrimp cocktail and a giant crab claw cocktail that opened as well. So, um, um, and I, I just, uh, but try this, um, try this dish out over at, um, this new booth swirled showcase when you get there. Now, what I did try out that evening because I decided to go get the salad um, over at Connections Cafe, which was kind of good timing because there was a storm coming in. They offered a new dessert. They've had that liege uh, waffle for some time, and I've enjoyed that, although they have a special version for the food and wine with a little candied emblem of uh, Emile 
from Ratatouille on it. I believe that's who's on the candy. That was not very good. I didn't like that at all compared to the usual liege dish that you have at Connections Cafe. But I did try a new dessert that they have added to the menu. Black Forest, and I apologize if I get this wrong, Bumkachin. Um, what this looks like is it looks, it's, an, it's a half shape oval with about 12 layers of thin wafer. Uh, it kind of almost looks from the side like you're looking at a at the at the rings of a of a tree, but only half of the tree cut. And then they've added um, um, black cherry, uh, kind of a uh, sauce with it, and some whipped cream and some um, chocolate um, triangles to it. Actually, it was a pretty good dessert, and it's certainly different. Certainly better, both that and the full-scale uh, waffle liege dessert. Either of those are better than things that they're currently offering in Norway. And these seem to be somewhat northern, eastern, northeast, north, north European specialties that you may want to just check out. They seem um, really unique and different. And so when you're over at Connections, be sure to, by the way, Connections Cafe drove me crazy that evening because when it rains, everybody decides to occupy a table inside there. Literally had to walk around four times before I could find a table available for me. Um, that drives me crazy, but I'll save that for another podcast, I guess. At any rate, lots of things going on at Epcot and more to uh, talk about on a future podcast, but definitely make that part of your plans to check out Moana and the other attraction. Full Moana, um, the attraction there opens full-time on, uh, on October 16th, which is the 100th anniversary of the Walt Disney Company, which times uh, ties in very well to my new book, uh, A Century of Powerful Disney Insights, Volume 1, The Walt and Roy Years. I am so excited. I finally, after a week of dealing with the publisher, we are set in the last clearance. The book should be available to order in just a couple of days. Certainly, I'll be talking about that and providing the link on my next podcast. However, for those of you who would like to have a free copy, of this book for the first 10 people who visit my Facebook page, the Disney Insights Facebook page, subscribe there and make a request um, that you would like a chance to preview the book for free. I will send you an electronic copy of the book for you to review. Review the book online and then I'll send you a signed physical copy of the book um, once it's available. So go check out first, 10 people to sign up, Disney Insights Facebook page. Um, that's where you're going to register and sign up for the opportunity to get a complimentary book. Well, that does it for this very busy Disney Insights podcast. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for being a part. Know that this is sponsored by Performance Journeys, who brings those Disney Insights to your business, to your organization, to your life. Ideas that will inspire you and help you take your organization or your life to the next level. So check out DisneyInsights.com. Thanks for being a part. And in the words of Sinbad's Storybook Voyage, 
always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We will see you real soon. Thank you.